All right, welcome to the Joe Danier podcast. I am Joe Danier, and I want to talk today about conspiracy theories. I was having a cigar in a local cigar shop and sitting around with a bunch of guys, you know, in this uh, little lounge, and we started talking about conspiracy theories. And and I love conspiracy theories, and not necessarily do I buy into all of them, but there's such a good time to, you know, go through the mental exercises of picturing things that you just don't know and possibilities that sometimes are nefarious sometimes sometimes they're just funny but it's it's a it's a fun thing to do now it makes people uncomfortable when you even say the word conspiracy theorists because that's like it almost makes a challenge to the status quo that a challenge to the authority and as a rebel I love challenging authority I think it's such a healthy thing to keep everybody in check uh, and I have heard some people that go down the conspiracies theory boulevard in an unhealthy way where uh you know it i I know what i know and what i know what i don't know and when when i'm in the realm of things that i don't know i don't immediately become you know convinced that things i don't know to be true all of a sudden become true they just remain in the uh the potential category and so most of you know that i do ghost hunting and, you know, I'm a very scientific person, very truth-oriented, so I would probably be the last person that you would invite on your ghost hunting team because I'm a skeptic. Um, you know, part of my brain really wants to find something and wants to believe, but it also waits to see something that I can't, uh, you know, get rid of. I can't just dismiss. That's where kind of the truth remains. So. I, I did the ghost hunting or st- am still doing the ghost hunting thing because I get invited to really amazing, historically significant places. I've been to the uh, the the prison that the Shawshank Redemption was filmed in twice. Uh, so I got to, in the dead of night, in pitch black, got to roam around a place that had so many negative, insidious things that probably happened in those walls. And I got to roam around and see if I can capture experience anything in these places. Now, I've been on maybe 20-plus ghost hunts over the course of the last two years, uh, you know, almost almost one a month. And really how I've, um, you know, but the my experiences at this point have just been that there's some really interesting things that I've come across. Noises, smells, uh, things that I caught out of the corner of my eye and my peripheral. But there's nothing that if somebody sat in front of me and said, are there such thing as ghosts? I can't really make that claim. I don't. I've never been exposed to enough evidence to say a hundred percent that there are things as ghosts. But I do believe that there are tons of stuff that we can't explain, and we don't have the sensory organs. I mean, gotta look at this: eyeballs and ears and taste. Very primitive sensory organs. There's so. I mean, I, if I were to give it a number, and this is not a scientific thing, but I bet you we are only seeing about two percent of the information that actually exists because we just don't have the sensors in our face and in our body to pick those things up. So could there be things that not only can't we not see or sense, but that are really there? Sure. It's a possibility. I mean, there's gotta be something to millions of people who have experiences about things that they don't understand. And a lot of those probably could be explained with vivid imaginations or, or, or weird things. But if you, you know, w- one thing I, I lived in a house that had 19, like 
30s wiring. And if you stood in the basement under this junction box, and this junction box was, you know, now they're in metal, but this thing was more like a, a hybrid of, of wood and a couple of steel plates. If you stood under this thing, you felt buzzing in your whole body. Like you felt something standing underneath this thing. So that's just like the radiation that was coming out that unshielded uh, that ju junction box with unshielded cabling and probably wiring that was not uh, as good as, as modern standards. Uh, you felt that in your body. Like, so if you multiply those kind of spaces and areas where you can arrive into a place that's heavy in some kind of electromagnetic field or you know high energy states, not even necessarily supernatural, but just normal. If you go into you know where you got high power, uh, you know high power tension lines or something like that, and uh, you you feel a little different. I imagine it's because there's parts of some people's brains that respond to that. You have a feeling about that. So how many of people's experiences are just walking into a field that something in their body is picking up on, but they can't put words to it? And you could sometimes, I, I can totally see, uh, reasonably see that, uh, that that you can interpret that as something that's supernatural. It, but again, uh, is the supernatural realm all about energies that are displaced and still roaming around after a human has, has left a, a body? Sure, I guess it's a possibility. Um, and and so, where does that energy go once you, you you die? Where where does your soul go? Where does your you know, your perceptions and, and what makes you, I really don't know. So could it be that they hang out and leave an imprint in an area? Sure. I'm, I am open to any of that happening. I cannot make the claim though, that I know that's what is happening. And that's why I do what I do where I'm, I'm on the pursuit. Now I, I have to be clear that when I go into these things, like I have to uh, put everything to skepticism. Like it's, it's just part of the, the process for me. So this one time we were walking in an old schoolhouse and supposedly this hallway was, was super haunted. It was a really long, dark corridor that was free from windows. So it was just like the darkest place in the building. And so the isolation challenge where individually you went and did something, all these haunted houses and whatever have these challenges are supposed to test the most haunted parts of it and you have to do it on your own as more of a you know see how courageous you could be but anyway this hallway uh the the challenge was to walk all the way down the end and this is probably i don't know a football field in length and then all the way back in pitch black and so everybody got, took turns doing this you had a night vision camera so it could pick up what you were seeing and and uh and and follow so they didn't trip over anything or run into a wall and everybody did this with really not much right not, not much happening but one guy got to the very end and a locker slammed right and he hauled ass back to the beginning of the challenge and he was flipped out because he didn't hit the locker and the locker slammed and obviously there's nobody else in the building right and so, but it, it took being able to settle us down and say okay after you have that experience nothing's really caught on tape you hear the the bang on the recording without getting visuals of it so what could it be now you got you got your options you could be skeptic and list probabilities or possibilities that are more you know, more logical, or you can go off in left field and let have anybody join you because you're in, you know, very unlikely mode. So someone's walking down a hallway. This is, this is sort of what I came up with. Someone's walking down a hallway 
and they spook a raccoon or a possum or something that was usually coming down that corridor to find food somewhere or find a place to sleep, you're walking down the hall, you scare it, it turns around, slims in the locker, and it, it closes the locker. Sound pretty reasonable, right? And we won't ever know, but is it more likely that it was a scared raccoon that you, you, you snuck up on and jumped versus a disembodied spirit that manifested in a physical form to slam the locker to scare, scare you, right? I have to go with the, the raccoon or the possum and not the other one until I don't, I, I, have, I have video footage of there not being a raccoon there and the slamming and making the noise. And then, then what? Now a couple of my possibilities disappeared. But I'm going to do a whole series of these conspiracy theories because I want to take a more reasonable approach and really unearth some of the fun. I mean, we are a curious species. It's our job to think through things and it's fun to believe whatever we want. I want to believe in Bigfoot and Nessie. I want to believe in um, I want to believe in the the moon stuff and the flat earth and all of these other ones. It makes people mad that you're even willing to bring something up that's common knowledge. I mean, how dare you suggest that uh, we could have faked a moon landing? But it's fun. What if we had? What would that have been like? What, what evidence? And it's really a, a good exercise. Now, it has to be grounded in some kind of reasonable thing. If you're doing it just to be angry at somebody, uh, honestly, just like I'm a skeptic, I'm always going to find reasons that it could be something else. If you're going into it to be angry with somebody, you're always going to find that. So you got to be real careful that this is a fun pursuit where we get to just throw out possibilities, you know, take fire at them, whatever survives, end up, you know, goes into the second round and we'll keep repeating the process. But I'll tell you, I'm, I'm telling you that I don't really care how uncomfortable it makes anyone feel. These are fun and we're going to have a little bit of fun with it over the next couple months. Uh, you know, obviously this weekend I have a ghost hunt in the Manicor. Uh, it's a German private club that's said to be haunted. So I'm going in there and I'm going to try to be a little less skeptical than I normally am. I'm going to try to be more interpretive and I'm going to try to take in more. I'm not going to let my imagination go to crazy town, but I'm at least going to engage a little bit. And instead of trying to dispel, because honestly, think about it. A lot of these places that you go into are just freaking creepy. They're really scary. And when you're by yourself and it's in the middle of the dark, like in the beginning, you're like, okay, well, there's people close to me and whatever. But when you're sitting in a black room and you start listening, you know, playing back through your head, the stories that you heard about things that happened in this room, it is so easy for the mind to concoct reasons for you to be afraid. Because remember, these are chemicals that are trying to protect you from being dead. You're standing in a room that could be potential danger lurking in the dark of something you can't see. Your heart starts racing because it's trying to keep you alive, right? And so um, when I'm in denial and being a skeptic, what am I really doing? I don't believe there's anything of danger in these places. And so I'm talking myself out that I'm just sitting in an empty room all by myself and there isn't anything in that room. So it keeps those fears grounded. So of all of these scary places that I've ever been, I bet you I've never even really... Uh, messed with any of the fear component of this because I've been so skeptical of the whole experience. Uh, aside from one thing, I was in the Mansfield Penitentiary and we were doing, it wasn't isolation, we were all up in a group and it was probably every bit of like one o'clock in the morning and it was pitch black. So you had these 10 people sitting in chairs in what was they're referring to as the attic. The attic was a just a wide open room that had some... Uh, ventilation and heating and cooling. And the story about this room was that a nearby prison had a fire. So they moved all of the inmates in an emergency deal into this attic just to store them until they can get the fire 
out and the the prison rebuilt. But you had hundreds of people that were just in this attic with no separations, and I guess fights and death and stabbings and whatever. It just was an awful place to be, and that's why they picked it as a, a place to be. But anyway, I was sitting in this room with 10 other people, and it was 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm used to waking up at 5 a.m. pretty much every morning. So 1 o'clock is super late for me. And so I'm sitting there, and I started dozing off. Like my eyes started getting heavy and I start, I closed them because obviously we're sitting in the dark anyway, nothing to see, but I started dozing off. And what lightning struck me was that what would happen? Like I didn't have my phone on me. I didn't have a flashlight on me. I didn't have anything on me. So what would happen if we're in this dark room, I fall asleep. It's time to get up out of this session. Everybody wanders off. They, for, they don't notice that I'm still sitting there. Then I wake up sometime in the middle of the night in this dark corridor, locked in this haunted penitentiary all by myself. Now, that was the most fearful that I've really had in any of these circumstances, and it didn't really even happen, but my mind suggested it as a potential that it did happen, and I was scared. And so I woke my ass up super quick, got some coffee, and made sure that I didn't fall asleep. But that was a moment where, you know, what if now if I was intention and in, in, intending on doing that, it would have been a different story. I'd have had myself all, you know, psyched into it, and and I would have uh, been ready to go. But if it would have happened without me having like an escape hatch, that would have been a really scary deal. So anyway, we're gonna delve into some of these conspiracy theories. Uh, the one of the next ones I'm gonna do is gonna be aliens. Um, I went down to Salt Fork. Uh, State Park, which is supposed supposedly has the most amount of Bigfoot sightings, and I'd like to bring in some people who have some experience in some of these departments. But I'm I love it, and I think we should do more of it, and let's make it fun and talk about something that uh, is a could be a nice, happy, fantastic pastime. So thanks for everybody joining me. This is the Joe DNA Podcast. <laughs>